This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You are listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily Fantasy Sports Podcast, powered by Rotoviz Radio. Hello and welcome to On the Daily, a daily fantasy sports podcast brought to you by Rotoviz Radio. I am not Matt Lamarca. I'm Matt Jones. You can find me on Twitter at Matt Jones TFR. Uh, and I'm joined as usual by Matt Lamarca, who you can find on Twitter conveniently at Matt Lamarca. You, of course, can find his work on the Action Network and the betting Rotoviz pod laying the points. What's going on, Matt? How are we doing? Yeah, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. Had a four and one week on my picks last week. So. I think I'm 14 and 11 now against the spread this season. So I'm I'm looking to go back to back years in the black. I feel like that would be a a nice start for my my podcasting sports betting career, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's uh that always works. We like wins and you uh you beat me in the in the head to head again this week, which I'm about ready to to quit and start over. <laughs> um but we have a uh, we have a special guest this week. Uh, Peter Overzet, who you know from his work with Roto Grinders, Four for Four, GreatFitPatriots.com, Fantasy Mensa, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, what's going on, Pete? How we doing? Doing well, guys. Always nice to hop on the RotoViz airwaves. Big fan. I always jump in the listener league, trying to take that down. I believe you reminded me that I'm I'm up there on the podium for the all time listener league. You're higher than I'd like to admit. Yeah, I think you're. I think you're only trailing our boy FinFan18 uh, okay. in, in career winnings. That's right. I think. I think that's all on the shoulders of just shipping one of them, uh, and I haven't <laughs> done much else. But that's all it takes. You know, one. Well, hey, one think you you placed in five out of the twelve contests you've entered. So that's okay, that's, right. that's pretty good. That's pretty it's, damn good. That's right. So I seem to have your guys's number, and uh, I look forward to having it tonight as well. <laughs> Um, yeah, so real quick before we jump into the slate, I want to remind you guys that you can become a Rotoviz Patreon and gain exclusive access to Rotoviz Radio Slack, where you can ask questions and gain league winning advice from many of the podcasts and writing team, myself included. I'm in there. Uh, patronships start at just $6 per month. Become a Rotoviz Radio patron today to join an exclusive community of listeners. Sign up at patreon.com slash Rotoviz Radio. All right. So we got the housekeeping out of the way. Let's uh, let's start off talking about some of the quarterbacks on the slate. Um, as things stand right now, it doesn't seem like any one uh, QB is going to be particularly chalky. Uh, we have this huge group at 6,200 and up. We have Dak, Ryan, Wilson, Watson, Jackson, and Mahomes. Uh, so, Pete, I'll kick it to you first. Who's your uh, Who's your favorite here? For GPPs, and are you thinking about any of these guys for cash? Wait, I, I think. Can you say back the list you just said? 
So all the guys at 6,200 and up. So Dak, Ryan, Wilson, Watson, Jackson, and Mahomes. Yeah, you still you still haven't said the guy that. Am I missing? It, Kyler Murray? How much is Kyler Murray? He's 65. He's in there. Oh, I can't read. Yeah. He, you're yeah, not listening. My favorite play of the week. I was like, what's going on here? Yeah, I, I love Kyler uh, this week. I did get off of him last week, but you know the joke was about the the horizontal raid. Uh, the past <laughs> three weeks that you know his average depth of target was like five yards. But <clears throat> excuse me. So for the first time though, since week one, he was back over ten yards for his average depth of target. Granted, that was uh, versus the Bengals, but the Falcons present. Uh, an equally juicy matchup, and I'm hopeful that they'll continue to air it down the field. They also look to be getting uh, Christian Kirk back, and I, I just think this is one of the best, uh, juiciest spots of the week. And with Kyler's rushing floor as well, I, I think he's one of the best tournament plays, especially if he's going to come under sub 5% ownership. And podcast hosts like Matt Jones are emitting his name when listing off the play. <laughs> I mean, we're in pretty good shape already. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Lamarco. What about? Um, we're off to a great start with me hosting this week. Well, uh, Lamarco, go ahead. What are you, What are you thinking up here? Yeah, I think that that's a really good call. Uh, I was on Kyler and and that whole game really last week to my own detriment. Um, you know, to the point where Jones literally asked if I was planning on moving to Cincinnati. That's how much interest I had in in the different Bengals and Cardinals options. Um, but, but, if, uh, Arizona moved the ball at will in that contest, they like lived in the red zone, but again, they just didn't put the ball Gotta in the end zone, goals, baby. you know, like eventually you would think they have to get some touchdown regression. And if that ever happens, Kyler's going to just absolutely smash. So I do think that's a really strong call. I love it for tournaments for cash games. I'll pay up the extra 400 bucks and just get Lamar Jackson. Because he now faces that same Cincinnati defense that just got eviscerated by Arizona. He gives you the same sort of rushing upside. And I think that their offense just gives you a little bit more consistency on a week-to-week basis than than the Cardinals do. You know, they're basically implied for 30 points right now, highest on the main slate. And Jackson, throughout his career, has been awesome as a home favorite. He has yet to... Uh, post a negative plus minus in that situation. So a perfect 100% consistency rating. So that's enough for me to, uh, to pay up for him in cash, but I totally agree about Kyler and GPPs. I want I want a lot of him again this week. Yeah, I think that makes sense. I, I like, uh, I like Lamar quite a bit this week uh, as well. Um, I do think that uh, Matt Ryan's worth mentioning too. Like his, his floor just seems crazy. Like they're throwing it so much. Um, he's been, below 20 DraftKings points once, and that was like 19.8 or something. So it didn't really kill you there either. He's hit the 300-yard bonus, I think, in all but one game so far this year, and he's had multiple – or he's hit the 300-yard bonus every game and had multiple touchdowns in four out of the five. So um, definitely a guy who seems, despite the Falcons just kind of being trash, um, seems to be valuable in fantasy regardless. Yeah, that's um, like a situation where you got to separate the fantasy from the reality. Because, like, right. in reality, Matt Ryan is not having a good year. But the fact that Atlanta is just so bad still gives him a ton of fantasy value. So, yeah, I hadn't really thought about Matt Ryan, but that's that's a strong call. 
and the nice thing about Matt Ryan is it's just so easy to stack him, right? I mean, you know, you're going some combo of Julio Ridley and Hooper. And I mean, I guess even in like a big GPP, like the Millie maker, you can obviously justify Sanu as well, but it's still pretty narrow there. It makes it easy uh, to stack with Matt Ryan. Yeah, for sure. All right. So we have, we have those guys, that big group in, in the $6,000 range uh, is well, Mark, I'll go back to you. Is, is anybody, uh, Peaking your interest in the 5K range for cash, or do you think uh, it's just Lamar or bust for you this week? Yeah, I think for the most part, there's there's not a ton of like jam them in type of guys that I'm looking at at running back. Like we don't have the free square Christian McCaffrey available this week, so we're actually going to have to con- think about both of our running back plays. And you know, in- unless you want to try and jam in Zeke and Dalvin, which I'm not nearly as high on those two two guys as I have been on McCaffrey in the past. Like, I just don't think we need the savings at quarterback this week. So I will probably be paying up. Um, I do think you can potentially look at some of these guys in, in GPPs. But for cash, for me, it's definitely going into that top tier. How about you, Pete? You agree? Uh, I, if I'm completely honest, I, I haven't played cash games since the second Clinton administration, so <laughs> I, I don't feel qualified uh, saying it. But yeah, it does seem like Lamar Jackson is probably the safest bet. Although I think we have to be a little concerned about Marquise Brown not practicing. And I think Lamar obviously still has the floor, but I think you have to uh, worry about his upside a little bit if Brown doesn't go. Yeah, I think that's fair. I'm uh, I'm a little tempted for uh, my boy Minsanity here. I'm not going to lie to you guys. If at 5K flat, I don't know. He's he's a QB nine. He he broke 40 rushing yards again last week, uh, which is huge for his floor. Um, multiple touchdowns in four out of the five games. I, I don't know. I'm I'm having a hard time talking myself out of him uh, just because he like getting 5k at your quarterback spot just unlocks so much. Um, the, the saints aren't like, haven't really stopped any quarterbacks besides Dak either. So I'm not like terribly concerned about the matchup, um, for, from a fantasy perspective. So I don't know. I, I don't think on Sunday I'm going to end up on it, but he's definitely, I'm definitely considering it, uh, as things stand right now. Can, can either of you talk me out of this or am I I just going down to ship? (laughs) <laughs> oh, from uh, the from from pl- the Dalton guy last week. Yeah, I didn't right, end up ahead. doing it. I didn't end up doing it. Uh, New Orleans twenty fifth in pace, and Jacksonville twenty ninth in pace in terms of like neutral play, uh pace. That to me is a problem. I don't. I don't think this is a good game script for Minshew. Like that game last week, they basically had to throw the entire game because they were trailing the entire game. I just don't see that happening this week against the Saints. Uh, you know, it would be. The total right now sits at like 44. Wouldn't shock me if that game went under. So I'm not personally interested in him. I think that if Jacksonville has their wishes, they still want to lean heavily on Leonard Fournette. So I will pass uh, on Mr. Minshew. Although, you know, 5K, like you said, is a really cheap price for a starting quarterback. I just don't think it's a a good enough game script for me to use. And the other thing, too, is... I mean, I know we're recording this Thursday night, but as far as uh, if you're thinking about going down at quarterback is we have a couple things that might be materializing at running back, which I'm sure we'll get to with, you know, Chase Edmonds, potentially Malcolm Brown, to where it just doesn't seem like you'll necessarily have to go there, especially if one of these free squares opens up elsewhere. 
Oh yeah, for sure. Uh, if if one of those really cheap guys opens up, then forget it. But all right, I guess you guys are are making me reconsider. Um, <laughs> any any other GPP uh, plays, Pete, that you're like you're really prioritizing uh, over anybody else? So I don't know about prioritizing, and I'll be curious to hear your thoughts. But one guy that I'm having um, a struggle with and based on projected ownership right now, I think it's going to be a pretty good GPP play is Jared Goff. You know, they're throwing so much, they're running so many plays. The problem is this is 49ers defensive line looks really, really good. And you wonder about how much pressure Goff is going to be under. And I can just see this game being polarized and going two different ways. I can see it being a shootout high scoring game. And I can also see golf just being under duress and just being one of those tilt your face off games. So I don't know if you guys have a read on that, uh, for how you feel about golf. Well, Jones, I mean... Jones is going to love golf because Jones loves golf <laughs> every time he's playing at home. I literally in the, in the outline, like on my copy, I literally just wrote home golf with a little heart next to it. <laughs> Home oh. golf. There's just, is there any like maybe Bosa in very small text <laughs> next to it or nope. no, nothing? Okay. Nope. Yeah, no, you, you're never, you're never going to talk me out of stacking up golf and GPPs uh, when he's at home, but go ahead, Lamarca. You, do you feel differently? No, I mean, it's a good play considering the, the projected ownership on him. I do fear this 49ers defense. Uh, I know it's early in the season, but like I've been saying all year that, that New England is just an absolute monster and that we're going to be talking about them as like an all-time great defense by the end of the year. But San Fran actually is better in terms of passing defense than New England, you know, through the first five weeks. So small sample size, I'm not sure that's going to hold up, but that San Francisco defensive line, like you said, Jones is a problem. So I'm a little bit concerned, but that's why you're going to get him at reduced ownership. So I'm not the hugest golf guy in the world. I will probably pass on him, but I, you know, there's definitely reasons to consider him. And again, and I also like, you know, thinking about the different ways to stack him. I know Brandon Cooks maybe a little iffy. It sounds like he'll go, but what Cup is going to be the chalk, and then I think you hope that Cooks suits up, but is like a little banged up, and then you just fade Cup and play Gerald Everett yes. and Robert Woods at 5,600 and then Everett's 3,600. So you're getting a cheap stack and a contrarian stack. And I don't know. I kind of like that. Yeah. I, Gerald Everett. I'm here for that take. I'm I'm good for that with my best ball teams too. So that's, <laughs> that's fine by me. <laughs> this is the part of the year where you have so much action down that you can justify any narrative <laughs> as being good for your personal portfolio. <laughs> oh yeah. And then you realize you're like going against him and like your most important, li- like there's just too many, too many moving parts to even root for people sometimes. Yeah. All right. Before we, uh, before we hit running backs, I want to tell you guys about uh, Axios Sports. Following a team you love in 2019 can be time-consuming, and trying to follow everything happening in sports is almost impossible. Scrolling through your apps, visiting websites on a daily basis is super tough. So that's why we subscribe here to Axios Sports, which we think is the best free daily newsletter around. Axios Sports is a modern sports page delivered directly to your email inbox. When you sign up for free at sports.axios.com, you'll get the best stories from the NBA and NFL, to cricket and ping pong and everything in between. They highlight all the important stats and trends so that you can stay informed. It's super simple to sign up and it's free. So head over to axios.com to get started. All right, guys. 
I'm in a very so, high stakes fantasy ping pong league. So Axio Sports has been like a godsend for me. <laughs> I actually, I I may I bet on some uh, some pinball not too long ago. So oh God, it's, uh, it's been real fun over at uh, over in the bet the prop uh, Slack. We've been talking about pinball quite a bit, so can we? Um, can sorry, you just remind. Yeah. Can I? I know this is the road of his airwaves, but can we give a quick shout out to Bet the Prop because they've been just killing it over there. I'm my record tailing uh, courts plays right now is just absurd. So yeah, if you guys want to look into a, a good spot for for prop bets, uh, shout out to Bet the Prop. Yeah, for sure. It's a it's a lot of road of his guys over there with Court and Hassan and Dubner and Lipinski. A lot a lot of guys are over there, so for sure. Um, so we have Ezekiel Elliott as the most expensive running back on the slate. He's a big favorite, though they are on the road. Um, are you, Pete, are you going to uh, make sure you jam him into your lineups, or are you thinking one of these other uh, expensive guys? No, I don't. I I don't like Zeke. Uh, I don't. I faded him last week. Uh, I I know his role has turned around a little bit now that Pollard's taken a back seat and they're starting to use him a little more in the pass game, which they weren't doing at the beginning of the season. But their offensive line is still really banged up. I know Tyron Smith and Lael Collins weren't practicing this week. I don't know if they are back at practice, but at his price and his ownership, I mean. The Roto-Grinders ownership projections have him up at 30% right now. So to me, there's so many better plays, both points per dollar, both ownership, both matchup. Um, I'm, Zeke isn't a guy I'm looking at for uh, for this week. How about you, Lamar? Yeah, I'm out on Zeke too. I mean, this Jets matchup on paper seems okay, but the 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 upgrade that they're getting at quarterback this week, I don't think can be like overstated. Like Luke Falk is the worst quarterback I have ever seen in the National Football League. And I'm a Jets fan, so I have watched a lot of bad ones. He is the worst. Uh, He gave the Eagles 14 points last week. He's just a turnover machine. And that put the defense consistently in bad spots. So now that Darnold's back, hopefully they can get a little bit more fluidity on offense. And I don't think their defense is actually like that bad. I think that if the offense can stop shooting themselves in the foot, you know, every other drive, I think that their defensive numbers are going to start to improve. So I, uh, I picked the jets as one of my, my favorite picks this week to cover the seven and a half. So, uh, I think that the, the Zeke fade correlates pretty nicely with that. Yeah, for sure. I, I also faded him, uh, last week and that was, that was a little scary with them being the last game of the the last game of the slate with those like what was it 10 one o'clock games which was just absurd um but yeah i'm i'm completely out on zeke like he's he's not getting the pass it's just a weird i don't know it's just it's not the same situation that we sort of grew accustomed to even if it is improving it's it's not quite there yet um what are your uh lamarca i know you've been out on uh on dalvin cook as well uh pretty much every week are you interested in him that at all this week (laughs) Yeah, I mean, the the game script for him and, and what he's done in the last two weeks has made me definitely more optimistic on his long-term outlook. Like, he's now involved in the passing game. He's gotten at least five targets in three straight weeks. He's had six catches in back-to-back weeks. So, like, he probably, in terms of a floor play, is up there with anybody at the running back position. Uh, I just don't know how much I like the matchup against the Eagles. Well, I mean, we know defenses don't matter, so that's not... 
Why, why even bother? Uh, Pete, what, what are your thoughts on Cook before we uh, jump down? Yeah, I mean, I, I like Cook. I was a little stubborn to play him early this season, too, just being a little bit questionable about his pass game role. But now that those concerns are out the window, my my buddy Pat Corain was, uh, who I know you guys know from Rotovis stuff as well, was digging into kind of their historical market shares of, of passing usage there. And just, you know, Diggs was last season in that like 24 to 25% range. He's all the way down there in the 16 to 17% range now because Dalvin Cook's at 18%. And he's basically soaking up all that extra market share that was allowing Diggs to be a, you know, a fringe wide receiver one in, in past seasons. And so when you include that role, that makes him game skip game script proof and then throw on all the carries on top of it that Zimmer's going to feed him. Uh, he's just really tough to to fade, especially if he's going to go relatively under owned because it looks like how this week's setting up, it's going to be kind of a Zeke, Fournette, Le'Veon Bell, Chris Carson. Those are going to be the popular guys. So if you're getting uh, Dalvin Cook down here at, you know, say 12 to 15% ownership, I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, for sure. I, I've I've been on Cook pretty much every week, it feels like. And he's he's up at like 23 opportunities per game, uh, which is 40. Th- you know, the Vikings aren't going to you know run 80 plays in a game. So that's 43 percent of the team's opportunities. So he's definitely getting a workload that uh, we don't really get uh, that often. And especially on a, a shorter slate with only 10 games this week, I think 8400 is pretty reasonable. Uh, whether you go up there in cash or not is probably another conversation, but I think you definitely need to have some of him. Um, the the $6,000 range, I think, is going to be important this week because it seems like these guys are, uh, you know, pretty, pretty tightly clustered in this range. And I think that getting the right two out of these three or four guys is going to make a big difference in your cash lineups and probably in GPPs as well. So out of Leonard Fournette, Ingram and Le'Veon Bell seem like they're going to see the highest ownership of this group. Uh, Lamarca, are you, are you attacking any of these guys uh, for your cash lineups? Are you just thinking about GPPs? What, what are your thoughts here? I'm all in on all three of these guys. I think that in my cash team, there's a good chance that I will play all three of them. Um, I'll start with Le'Veon. I think he's the best play of this group. Like in terms of workload, he is up there with Dalvin Cook. Like he has a Dalvin Cook type workload. The Jets have just been awful this season. So if they can start moving the ball a little bit better, I think that the opportunities are going to be there for him to score, to contribute in the passing game, to do all the stuff that makes for a really good fantasy running back. And he's taking on a Dallas team that just gave up four rushing touchdowns to Aaron Jones. Like, I'm not saying Bell is going to do that to them, but certainly I think that he's been priced down because of the Jets' offensive struggles, and that makes him a clear value this week. I love what Fournette has done this year. I still think he's underpriced at 6700 Like, he's so heavily involved. He's way more involved in the passing game than we've seen from him in years past. I mean, he's gotten at least six targets in all the uh, four or five games this season. So I think he, again, like for the workload that you're getting, he's underpriced. And Ingram, he might be the riskiest option of the bunch for cash games, but they have just, the, the Bengals have hemorrhaged points to running backs this week, or this year, I should say. Like, Literally every running back who has had at least eight carries, Matt Friedman tweeted this out. I'm going to steal this from him. So week one, Chris Carson, 21 points. 
Week two, Mostert had 22. Jeff Wilson had 15.5. Breida had 13.7. In week three, Gore, Gore had 16. Week four, Connors and Samuel were both over 19.5. And, and then last week, DJ and Chase Edmonds were both over 16. Like, basically, a running back getting eight-plus carries against the Bengals has just been fantasy gold this year. So I love all three. I think that you can make a really strong lineup with each of them for cash. Uh, like you mentioned, they are going to command ownership in GPPs, which is concerning. I don't think you necessarily want to play all three in the same lineup in a GPP team, but for cash, I think it's a perfectly viable strategy. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, I think maybe doing all three could together could potentially differentiate you. Isn't it? Don't you think that that's possible? I think you're probably going to have more lineups with two of the three than all three. Yeah, that's not a bad thought. I mean, typically like stacking the quote unquote chalk is, is actually a pretty optimal strategy in GPPs. You just want to make sure that you're differentiating with a couple of guys that are going to be like sub 5% owned. So right. as long as you're willing to, you know, to take some risks with your other plays, I think that, yeah, it, it could definitely be a winning formula. Yeah. And I, I definitely agree with you on Bell. Pete, Pete, what are you, uh, what are you thinking about these three guys? Or is there somebody in this range that is piquing your interest any uh, more? Yeah, no, I think, I think Bell and Carson are both really good plays. I mean, Carson at 6,000, when they're just so fully committed to him as their bell cow, it, it's, that's just a steal. Um, I'm hoping his owner, again, I'm always viewing this through the lens of, of GPPs and, but because I, I've been focusing on like the single entry and three max, I can be a little bit more liberal with, um, some slightly chalkier plays and in Carson and bell, I think both check so many boxes bell to me feels like what Leonard Fournette was a couple weeks ago where his volume was insane and he just hadn't popped off yet. And I'm really trying to prioritize this year, just not messing around with backs that aren't catching passes that are also at high ownership. So for me, a guy like Mark Ingram, he's great for GPPs if he's, you know, under, you know, I'll put it at like 12 to 15%. Like if he inches over that, there's just too much with him being TD dependent and being game script dependent that I think really doesn't bake in the downside uh, to his ownership. And so I'm looking to get off of him, but guys like Chris Carson and Le'Veon Bell, I think are going to be so insulated to game script that I think they're a great play even at inflated ownership. Yeah. I, I, it's, it doesn't look like he's in danger of, of missing this week, but it is worth noting Carson popped up on the injury report today uh, oh. with a shoulder issue, but it, it, it like, it's terribly serious, but just, uh, something to monitor as well. Um, any, uh, any really cheap, uh, running backs. We obviously have a few injury situations that we're monitoring between uh, DJ and Gurley. Alvin Kamara popped up on the injury report as well today with an ankle, I believe. Um, so we do have some potential spots where some value could open up. But assuming all those guys play, uh, Lamarca, is there is there a super cheap running back that you think is worth uh, looking at in cash? Not in cash, no. Um, I do think you can explore this range a little bit in GPPs. Like, uh, I've kind of brought up gross plays on back to back weeks and they've gone off. I don't know if I should take my victory lap for that now, but no, you uh, got to triple down. I'm tripling down. Kenyon Drake. How about that? How about that for a gross call? Um, he's been awful this year, but it's hard to judge (laughs) 
anything that's happened in Miami. <laughs> you know, like like you can't trust anything that Miami's done as as predictive over the past uh, five weeks because they've just been getting slaughtered in every single game. This week, I think they finally have a chance. Like we might be able to see what the Dolphins really look like <laughs> if they were facing a <laughs> a team with a confident level of skill on the other side of the ball. So Pete and I are literally making the same exact faces at every point of this whole take. <laughs> Listen, <laughs> doubt me if Levi- you want. Check it. You know, check out the uh, the Devonte Freeman box score two weeks ago because Jones literally almost vomited on his microphone. <laughs> I, first of all, I wasn't the only one that almost vomited on my microphone, and he luckboxed a, a freaking touchdown, didn't he? Nah, he had like 10 catches, though. <laughs> yeah, all right, so shame, well, shame on me. <laughs> what if I could tell you, LaMarca, that for the same price you're going to have to pay for Kenyon Drake, I could talk you into a pivot that has more upside and lower ownership at the exact same price. Would that seem like something you'd be interested in? Uh, feels like a trap, but okay, yes, I'm interested. Yeah, well, there's one Mr. Tevin Coleman who's back from injury. It seems like they're committing more to just uh, um, running back by two people as instead of you know six people uh, with Jeff Wilson active, which has freed up the goal line work for Tevin Coleman. He got that carry inside the 10 seems to have that role locked up. And if they commit to just these two guys and Moster takes a back seat, I think both Breida and Coleman are going to be playable, but Coleman at 4,400 in a game, I know we like uh, that to me seems what I'd prefer to chase in GPPs over Kenyon Drake at, at higher ownership. Yeah, it's a fair point. I, I don't know if I agree that Coleman's got the, the higher ceiling just because of the matchup and the fact that, like the best case scenario is it's going to be a 60-40 split with him and Brita, but I, I certainly hear your points. Both guys are popping in the Fantasy Labs models for what it's worth. Because in a way, like, so if most stare isn't as much of a thing, you know, what's the difference between like the Philip Lindsay-Royce Freeman combo and the Tevin Coleman-Matt Brita, but, you know, you're going to pay 5300 for... Philip Lindsay, but you're getting Tevin Coleman at 4,400. You know, that's kind of my thought process there. It can definitely backfire, but I, I kind of like it. It's definitely fair. I'm I'm trying to check my biases because I just think that Matt Breed is the better player. Like, I want Matt Breed to be the guy, but you're right. It was definitely Coleman last week. So if it's going to continue to be, you know, that kind of split in his favor... And for what it's worth, Coleman did only play on 26 snaps. He just happened to see 16 carries on those snaps. Like, if he's on the field and they're going to give him the ball, it's hard to argue against him. And it's also, well, first, you know, it was also his first game back, you know, from injury. So they might have been easing him in a bit. And this team, we know they want to run the ball so yeah. bad. You know, they, they're basically the, the Seahawks with how much they kind of want to minimize Garoppolo and run the ball. So I think both of them can get there. And, and I agree with you that Brita, I mean, we, we as Rotoviz guys, we know both of these guys are extremely explosive, but it's hard to shake uh, those breakout plays uh, that that burrito was popping yep. off with Fastest the other night. top speed of the season so far. It's nuts. So we're just, we're just going to ignore Adrian Peterson, huh? 4,500. I, on, on the Twitter sphere, I heard that he was going to be chalk. Now wave. Uh, Adrian <laughs> Peterson. 
yeah are we building a time machine scroll scroll through the timeline and and i'm sure it'll uh it'll pop up it's um, because silva does these tweets he's like adrian peterson's gonna be bobbing that head man 35 <laughs> carries get out of here silva <laughs> all right um i just i had to uh <clears throat> any uh any other guys down here that you're considering for uh gpp's lamarca i mean is it time to give up on Miles Sanders? No. I played him last week. <laughs> I like, I want him to be a thing so bad. You know, like, I'm going to keep trying to make fetch happen. I'm going <laughs> to keep playing Miles Sanders. I can't help myself. Like, eventually he's going to find the end zone, right? Right? He has to. <laughs> I mean, if Jordan Howard can. Well, uh, the, 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 the workload is, of- is okay. It's, you know, he's getting, he got targets the last couple of weeks, or at least last week, I should say. I don't know. I want him to be a thing. I don't love the matchup, but the price tag, it's it's kind of hard to beat that price tag. Yeah. Well, that's what I was just going to say is, you know, last week my thought was, you know, he was super cheap and I, you know, that was a great matchup against the Jets. Obviously, they went to Howard on the ground so much, but the way that they're starting to realize like, okay, maybe Miles Sanders isn't that great of an interior runner, at least right now, but they realize how explosive he is as a pass catcher. So that gives him a really nice floor. I think you're you're still praying he breaks off a big play for a touchdown, obviously, to pay that off. Because, I mean, what, if we're being realistic, he's not going to get more than, what, 12 touches? Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But I do I do like him too. I mean, I, I was in on him last week. I thought when I saw those mismatches for both, you know, how much we projected the Jets to be up or uh, the Eagles to be up and then they, their O-line had a huge advantage too. But then Howard just, you know, stole all of our hopes and dreams. Yeah, I mean, not only that, the the defensive touchdowns don't help in yeah. in those situations either, right? Like even for Wentz, like we talked about Wentz at, for cash uh, at quarterback last week. And, you know, if if those if those uh, don't get returned, then it, we could be talking about a different scenario for a lot of position players on Philly. Um, all right. The the only other guy and you, Pete, you just kind of mentioned him with uh, with Philip Lindsay. He's somebody that I feel like is kind of interesting. Like he's he's never going to be a consistent option and he's certainly not going to be cash viable, uh, you know, barring like a, an injury to R- Royce Freeman. but. He has these spike weeks in him and he he looks explosive and he can break off big plays. Um, he's still he's 15th in opportunities among running backs. So it's not like he's just completely, uh, you know, like it, the the running back by committee isn't completely killing him. Um, so he's a guy who I'm I'm somewhat interested in. Like he's had a couple of weeks over 25 points. Uh, so we like that ceiling at 5300 for sure. Our are we interested at all there or is, am I just crazy again? No, I don't, I don't think it's bad. He he's looked really good this year with touches. One thing that's interesting and you know, maybe defenses matter. Maybe they don't. Titans have only allowed uh, two running backs to score against them all season. So it seems like it's maybe a little bit trickier of a matchup, but he's shown the ability to, to pop off big plays. And I think the offense has shown it can support both him and Freeman. So I I think he's always going to be a good GPP play. I never play Yavini. anyone against the Titans. I'm sorry. They play the the grossest, ugliest games every single week. Like if you you know, outside of Cleveland scoring forty three or them scoring forty three against Cleveland in week one, which was basically a Cleveland implosion more than anything else, the totals 
combined on those games are 36, 27, 34, and 21 last week. Like, there's just no scoring in games involving the Tennessee Titans. I don't know what it is. They just play the grossest brand of football. So as a, as a general rule of thumb, I just don't play players involved in those contests. Yeah. Can I, uh, can I fire off one more GPP running back take here? Yeah. Uh, Damian Williams. So he was back, you know, after his injury, 56% of the snaps, 64% of the attempts, 10% of the targets. You know, McCoy had that fumble uh, and Reed just benched him. He, he was done with him. Da- uh, Darrell Williams, figment of the imagination. Uh, and the fact that Damian Williams seems to have that pass catching role just completely locked up when he's healthy, I think bodes really well. That's just a bankable role. And then the fact that Houston's pretty good stuffing the run, I, I don't know how they get LaShawn McCoy going in this game. I just see Damian Williams on the field a ton and we know what he can do in this offense. And, you know, we just also know what a high scoring game this is going to be. So I think Damian Williams is a guy you have to have a GPP exposure to. I like it. Our resident fullback expert, Pete Manzanelli, he's going to come on to discuss some under the radar options. Uh, we had an injury to, to juice last week, and that's going to open up some value at the position. So who's uh, who's jumping off the page to you here, Mr. Manzanelli? Yeah, dudes, very excited to be on the Rotoviz, on the on the Whaley, on the Daily, on the Daily podcast, dude. I heard you cucks were too scared to have me for the whole episode. You were worried it was going to derail all your perfect football takes. But I'm here because I only care about one thing, and that's fullbacks, fellas. Uh, you know, people forget I've been looking, I've been backtesting lineups, and one of the best ways we get an advantage in DFS is to jam three fullbacks into our lineup. When you get one in the flex, this is where you get extremely unique. And honestly, people have been wondering, where are you at, Mans, this year? You're not giving your football takes. And truth be told, guys, if you don't mind me just getting a little emotional for a second, um, ever since... James Devlin and Kyle Juszczyk went down. Things have been, I'm sorry, things have been really hard. And I've just, I've needed some time. And I really appreciate you guys giving me this platform. But I just want you to know, like, as I talk about these fullbacks, like, these guys are front and center on my mind. And we need to respect them. And in lieu of flowers, you should PayPal me directly. But I love these guys, and I just want you to know that when I'm touting these other fullbacks, that these guys will always be my kings, and I stand these kings, Mr. James Devlins and Mr. Kyle Juszczyk's. Do you guys agree? Couldn't have said it any better myself. I'm I'm, a, I'm more of a John Coon man myself. I miss him. Uh, I don't know if this is um, uh, you know, kosher to say on these radio waves, but fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Mans, I have a quick question, if, if I can jump in real quick. Oh, of course. Yeah, no, don't worry about it. I, did, I wasn't, you know, gathering momentum like a, a steam train. Go ahead. Well, you know, the people out there, they want to know, is there any truth to the rumors that you are the unknown associate of Mike Possel? Okay, I'm glad you asked this because I've been getting this a lot. Okay, and look, have I been known to have a few things up my sleeves, even though I don't wear sleeves? Yes, it's true. Have I been accused of being an angle shooter? Yes, it's true. Okay, but let me tell you, I like Mike Postle. I think he's a good guy. 
and I hate to say it, but I think he's innocent. Okay. I've reviewed all the evidence. Look, I watch porn on my phone when I'm at the poker table. Okay. Am I leaving the phone on the rail to watch porn? No, because I'm considerate. I'm putting it in my lap and I'm watching the titties outside of what all these pervy other little eyes can see. So you know what? Sue me. Sue Mike Postel for putting a phone on our knee while playing poker. He's innocent until proven guilty, but still innocent. All right. I'm glad that you were able to clear that up. Uh, you know, it looked a little suspicious for me, but after getting your, your takes on it, I, I think I'm I think I'm on board with you. I think he might have we might have been a little too quick to uh to hang this guy publicly. Thank you. Yeah, no, I uh I stand this guy, dude. He if I have a Mount Rushmore, it's Kyle Yuschek's, it's James Devlin's, and it's Mike Postel's. Okay, these are my guys. So speaking of my guys. Today, I'm going to run down for you my top five. Guys, I don't know if you know, but we're in a listical generation. People don't read articles. They don't, they, they're listening to this podcast at 3x speed right now. Oh, yeah. You <laughs> realize that, right? <laughs> and boy, are they skipping over this section. However, <laughs> I am going to list my top five fullbacks, rest of season rankings for both DFS, season long, Dynasty best ball drafts taking place in week six in any other sick perverted fantasy formats you might be involved in number five jacob johnson sure some are saying he's cucking james devlin hard but (laughs) that may be true but i like this kid okay you know it's a copycat league because he spells his name like his teammate jacoby myers with a k instead of a traditional c i love this kid jacob johnson number five number four patrick ricard this is the fullback for the ravens do people know people forget this guy's a two-way player okay he's playing on the defensive line listen to this fellas you little stat nerds at rotoviz you're gonna love this he has two touches on the entire year and one touchdown. Literally every other time the guy touches the ball, he scores, okay? He's four injuries away from being a league winner. Book it. <laughs> Number three, Danny Vitalis. Okay, this one's hard for me to tout because I've been a long-time Alex Ripkowski's truther. And seeing this guy leave the Cheesehead State has truly devastated me. But Danny Vitalis is stepping up in a big way. He's got four receptions for 54 yards this year. And as you guys know, I like my fullbacks to catch passes because it raises their floor, especially on DraftKings in a PPR format. Number two. Alexander Armas, okay? This is a fullback on the the Carolina Panthers, okay? This dude, now hear me out. This dude is one C-Mac injury away from getting two and a half touches per game, okay? We cannot sit by and not stash this guy because Christian McCaffrey's getting too many touches. He's going to get hurt, and Alexander Armas is going to step in as the change of pace, change of pace role. Now. Best of all, this dude, Alexander Armas, is consistently the stone minis on DraftKings, so he won't cost you an arma and a leg. And that (laughs) means something. Number one, folks, 
Anthony Sherman's, okay? We want to always attack players in high-scoring offenses, and Sherman's is no different here on the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, I know what you're saying. What has he done for me lately, okay? We just have to be patient. But by week 16, expect to see a thunder and lightning combo between Anthony Shermies and Darwin Thompson. Thank you, guys. That's my top five fullbacks. Man, thank you so much for coming on. Appreciate your professionalism as always. And uh, dare I say, let's get paid and get laid this week. Get paid, get laid. Humans have been shaving for thousands of years. And the secret to a great shave, it hasn't changed much. The ancient Greeks didn't need flex balls or heated handles, and neither do you. That's why Harry's doesn't overcharge you to add gimmicky features to their razors. The focus on delivering what actually matters, sharp, durable blades at a fair price. I love Harry's because it gives me a close shave and easy glide at a low price. Do us a favor and check out harrys.com slash bluewire for your free trial today. Harry's is a return to the essentials. Durable quality blades at just $2 a pop. When you need a refill... Bl- Refill blades are delivered straight to your door with or without a subscription. Right now, there's no risk for you to try them out. If you don't love your shave, let them know and they'll give you a full refund. Listeners of On The Daily can redeem their Harry's trial set at harrys.com slash blue wire. You'll get a weighted ergonomic handle for a firm grip five blade razor with a lubricating strip and trimmer blade rich lathering shave gel with aloe to keep your skin hydrated and a travel blade cover to keep your razor dry and easy to grab on the go. Go to harrys.com slash blue wire to start shaving better today. All right. So speaking of gorgeous, clean shaven men, Cooper cup is $7,100. I thought you were going to say LaMarca. (laughs) (laughs) Cooper cup, all of the Cooper cup. He is going to be the Uber chalk. He's $7,100. Are we even dealing with it in cash or GPPs? Are we just straight fading? I know you, Pete, you kind of alluded to this before uh, about getting some leverage off of Cup. Um, Are you considering him at all for any of your builds? Yeah, so the thing that's so interesting to me is the ownership because – Right now, I was we were doing the Swellcast, uh, and Tuttle and the ownership projections at RG have him down at nine percent, which seems way too low to me. I agree with you guys. I thought he was going to be mega chalk, but Tuttle was saying he thought ultimately with his price tag in cash games that people were going to be jamming in these higher price running backs and not finding him into their lineup. So to me, Cooper Cup is like a binary ownership play, like. He's under 15%. I love him. If he's over that in GPPs, I'm probably fading him. But as far as like just in a vacuum, he's been a great play. I mean, Jared Goff just absolutely loves him. I know, uh, I think Siegel did some post a couple weeks ago of just where the Goff was throwing on the field. And he's just not throwing deep down the field like he was in years past. And, you know, Jared Goff is or uh, Cooper Cup is just his binky underneath. So I definitely see the appeal, but I do think he is pricey at that kind of high ownership. Well, Marco, what say you? Yeah, I uh, I'm conflicted here. You know that I don't particularly enjoy targeting these types of receivers. Um, I like my guys to be a little bit more big play orientated, but this matchup I think just sets up really, really well for Cup. Like. 
Keith hit the nail right on the head. Goff is just not taking any shots. And I think it's a combination of they're just not blocking particularly well. And he's not a very good quarterback. So I don't see things getting any easier for him against the 49ers. You know, like they have just been relentless in rushing the passer all year. So it could be a week where he's looking at another monster target share just because Goff has to get the ball out of his hand so quickly. Yeah, I don't think I don't think uh, Goff running and getting pressured is the worst thing for Cup, right? Like uh, he hasn't been targeted more than twenty yards down the field at all this whole season, and a really small portion of his targets have even been you know ten yards downfield. So um, I'm a huge Cup truther. I am extremely excited about this, how this season has gone so far for him. He's first in targets, second in receptions, fourth in yards. Like he's just been crushing. So, um, yeah, I, I find I find that interesting. The uh, the RG ownership. Um, I guess we'll see how it shakes out as the week goes on. But yeah, if Labs he's going to be at projected nine... for over twenty percent, so that's a pretty big discrepancy. I'm not I'm not saying one is right, one is or the other is right. Like it could be in the middle between the two somewhere. Uh, I think it's going to be interesting. Like it is a scary matchup, but. Like I said, I think the matchup honestly bodes well for Cup and not as well for guys like Woods and and Cooks on the outside. Yeah, if I had to set the over-under on where I would think it would finish, just let's just say millimaker ownership, I would guess he would settle in the 15 to 16% range is is where I think. Yeah, and for for a $7,100 receiver, that's that's reasonably high. what about some of these other expensive guys? We have uh, Julio all the way up at 8000 and uh, Adam Thielen, if you wanted to go a little bit lower than Cup, if he does become chalky, is 6700 though I just saw that he popped up. Uh, I guess he's sick and, uh, and missed practice or was limited today. Um, do you have any interest in those guys, LaMarca? Or if not, who are you prioritizing in this, like, you know, 6500 and up range? Ugh, I don't know. <laughs> this, this whole range is kind of gross to me. I mean, I think that Michael Thomas and DeAndre are my favorites if I'm paying up at the position, you know, up above Cup. Like, I, I'm not a huge fan of Julio in this particular matchup. Like, it's great, the Arizona, you know, game script they play so fast. But all of Atlanta's production this year has come as, you know, a huge trailing team in games. And it just doesn't seem like that's going to be the case this week. Like they're road favorites against Arizona. I don't think that line is correct, but one way or the other, this should be a pretty close game. Um, Thomas showed that he can succeed with Teddy Bridgewater, a quarterback, but now he has to take on Jacksonville. I think Hopkins has the best matchup against Kansas city. And maybe people are down on him a bit after, you know, the Will Fuller explosion last week, but Hopkins is still, the number one guy in Houston, you know, like I I know his results this year haven't been great, but he's going to find the end zone again. Eventually, like he had two touchdowns in week one. He hasn't scored since it seems like he's due and Kansas city could be a a nice matchup for him. I mean, at least Hopkins didn't throw a pick last week. That was a, (laughs) that was an improvement, right? Fair. And the giants just ran back a defensive touchdown and are about to tie the Patriots. So things are just going totally normally in football world in general. Um, Pete, what about you? Uh, are you are you really uh, heavy on any of these guys or do you think you're going to kind of spread out a little bit? 
Yeah, I'm trying to figure out if I'm just trying to uh, chase my Julio and Nuke uh, losses from last week when I was pretty heavy on them. But I do I do think they're both in great spots again, and I'm going to try to definitely fit them in. And yeah, I, I, I do think Hopkins, this sets up really nicely for for him here. And I, I get the narrative, too. It's like if you're watching the tape and these teams are letting Will Fuller get single coverage and no safety rolling over the top. And, and then you see that 50 point explosion. You, you would have to think he gets a little more attention and, and Newt can run free. And I, at 7,400, I feel like that's a pretty reasonable price tag to get good exposure to this game. Again, though, I'm curious about the ownership projections. Uh, LaMarca, what does is, what is Labs have uh, Hopkins at right now? They have him at 13 to 16. And Julio at 17 to 20. Okay. Yeah. And RG has it. They had Hopkins at 18 and Julio down at 11. Um, But yeah, so I I think they're both good plays. And I think you can this week, I don't think it's too hard to get one of them in and and you can definitely get both of them in, obviously, and if you really want to. So yeah, I, I have no reason to be concerned about either of them. I did was Julio popped up on the injury report. Was it yesterday? Is was he off of it today? We still have him listed as questionable. Um and obviously anytime Julio is hurt, it's like a big deal. There are so many times it feels like he tries to play through an injury and he'll just serve as like a decoy or something. Uh, I don't have any evidence to back this up. I just feel like he's a guy that when he's on the injury report doesn't play particularly well. So, uh, yeah, that's something I'm definitely keeping my eye on as well. And yeah, one other. Was... Oh, go ahead. Sorry, Matt. No, I was just going to say he was he was limited today. So he, he didn't practice on Wednesday and limited today. So hopefully that means he's trending in the right direction here. Yeah, I was just going to say one thing that might pull ownership away from these guys is the fact that. Odell Beckham, it seems like, is going to end up being chalk by the end of the week. Uh, you know, going into the at the start of the week, it was like, oh, everyone hates the Browns. They suck. They're dusted. Uh, you know, give Monken the play calling, all this stuff. Odell Beckham throwing interceptions, whatever. But then at 6,800, you know, he's popping the top of the air yards by low model, got the, the poster boy status. And I just feel like at that price tag, he's going to gain a lot of steam. And so then it's like, how many people are going to be jamming in both Odell and DeAndre and Julio or even one of those guys? So I could see DeAndre and Julio come in a little underowned as people go for Cup and Odell and uh, some of those other guys. Yeah, I think that makes sense for sure. Um, let me uh, let's just go with our absolute favorite between 5K and 7K. Lamarca, who do you got? I mean, Odell Nobody. is the guy. I, I like the guys at 7,100 and up or the guys like really, really cheap this week. I think there are a few, you know, sub 5K guys that I'm definitely going to have exposure to, but I don't see anyone in this tier that really stands out to me as somebody that like I feel like I want to jam into my lineups. How about you, Pete? Yeah, I mean, I like Odell a lot too. The other guy that's jumping out to me, and even though he falls outside of the Lamarca zone, would be Michael Gallup at 5,600. He's basically seeing the same opportunity as Amari Cooper as far as targets and air yards, and you're going to get him at pretty low ownership, solid matchup, and that's just an insane price tag um, for how they've been using him. He came right back out of that injury as a full-time player last week, had a blow-up game. So, 
it seems weird to me at that price and projected ownership. But if if he's under ten percent, I mean, he's almost a lock button play for me. The one guy I'll add in real quick, just because I feel like we have to mention him every week, is Hollywood Brown. If he's on the field and he's healthy, I will have exposure to him. It's only a matter of time before the guy scores another long touchdown. Yeah, for sure. Um, If he misses, I do have a little bit of interest in Willie Sneed. Um, But the the guy who I'm I'm really targeting this week is Tyler Boyd. Uh, 6,300. He had a, a really great game last week. He scored over 30 DraftKings points and his price dropped. Like, I, I don't know exactly what goes into the pricing algorithm, but you would assume that that would make the, the number go up. Um, he's what fourth in targets right now, obviously has a low a dot, but you know, it, it it's not really, you got to play some of these guys at some point when they're getting, uh, this much volume, regardless of, how far they are going down the field. And he's on the field the entire game. He missed one snap last week. So he's a guy who I'm making sure that I get into uh, as many lineups as I can. Um, Lamarca, you said you like some cheaper guys. Uh, is there anybody who you think is cash viable below 5K? Yeah, either of the Jets guys I think is fine. Uh, I probably lean Crowder for cash. You know, he's played one game with Sam Darnold this year and he got like, 17 targets so that's pretty good i think that he is certainly in play at 4k and then robbie anderson as well same price 4k and he's more of the big play threat he showed a nice rapport with donald down the stretch last year so i think that both of those guys are fine uh if i had to pick one i think crowder is actually a really strong cash play yeah since since donald has shown up uh robbie anderson is basically scored twice as many uh, PPR points with Darnold than without. So there's definitely something there. Uh, Pete, how about you? Yeah, this week isn't as juicy, uh, super uh, cheap, but I do like the the Jets guys that Lamarca mentioned. One other guy I'll just throw out is Auden Tate. Uh, I, I feel like he's going to go pretty underowned. His his price did jump up, uh, you know, to forty five hundred, but he was a full time player without John Ross. If we also assume that they're going to be playing from behind, you know, depending on where you stand on cornerback defense, you know, matchups mattering. You might have Marlon Humphrey chasing Tyler Boyd around. So I don't hate going back to Auden Tate, especially if you're looking at, uh, you know, stacking up. Lamar and Mark Andrews and Marquise Brown. I think he's a great guy to bring it back with. Yeah, I like that call too. Yeah. All right. So at On The Daily, we are firm believers that nothing enhances a game like putting a few bucks on it. Some of these Thursday night football games and Monday night football games have been pretty atrocious lately, and it makes it a heck of a lot easier to stay up late and watch it if you are invested Regardless of whether you've been betting for years or you're ready to play for the first time, my bookie is your best bet this season. If you're the kind of guy who likes to bet a little to win a lot, try a parlay. For instance, if you like a few of the big favorites this week, parlays are perfect because they let you bet multiple games together for a much bigger payout. With pro football, college football, and MLB playoffs in full swing, and both hockey and basketball starting up around the corner, now is the time to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. Use promo viz, promo code ROTOVIZ to activate the offer. That's promo code ROTOVIZ to double your cash at mybookie.ag. So head over there. You play, you win, you get paid. All right. So let's talk about tight ends. The, the pricing for tight ends seems a, a little odd 
um, as far as their sort of refusal not to price up some of these guys. So Travis Kelsey is all the way up at the top. and We'll get to him in a minute at 7K, but Zach Ertz at 54, uh, George Kittle at 52, and Austin Hooper at 5K are seem like they're underpriced. Uh, Pete, are you interested in any of these guys in cash? Are you prioritizing them in GPPs? What, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, I think this week will be interesting for tight ends because there are, like you just said, so many of them clustered in that 4,800 to, to 5,400 range. So I, I'm thinking that I initially thought that George Kittle was going to be the mega chalk at 5,200, just coming off of that primetime game, getting in the box score. Uh, however, you know, people love their flow chart with Austin Hooper. You know, Mark Andrews is in a good spot. Um, I actually think Zach Ertz is going to be the one that flies way under the radar this week uh, because people are going to think it's just not as a great matchup and they're going to like those other options more. So Zach Ertz is probably your premier um, GPP play and George Kittle, I think, is probably the best cash game play, even though people will want to tend to flock towards Hooper, I think. Well, Marco, what do you think? I'm in complete agreement. The fact that George Kittle is priced closer to Austin Hooper than he is to Travis Kelsey is like just such a mistake. I mean, we're not slandering Austin Hooper on this. No, no, no. I would never go there. All right. All right. I would. Austin (laughs) Austin Hooper is like a guy, slightly better than a guy. He's significantly better than a guy. He's a human and he breathes like we can all agree on that. (laughs) My point is, is that he's he's at best. He's the number two on the pecking order in Atlanta behind Julio Jones. Like we do not have those concerns with George Kittle. He is the guy in San Fran when they have to pass, he's going to be their primary option. And I do think that they'll need to pass a little bit more this week than they have, you know, in some of their other games this season, just because it's going to be a competitive game on the road versus the Rams. So I love Kittle. I'm playing him in cash. Uh, I'm going to be overweight on the field in tournaments as well. I do agree with Pete that Ertz is a really appealing GPP option, but for me, it's like a no-brainer George Kittle and Cash Week. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm confused because I was told that Dante Pettis was a good buy this past week, so I'm just I'm a little concerned about all this uh, George Kittle as the number one option talk. But who said? Um, that? Just, I mean, what his his his. Snaps jumped like from four percent to sixteen, and everyone just really excited. There, there he had were three no, targets last week. There were no fewer than seven mentions of a Dante Pettis buy low window on Monday afternoon on my timeline. But whatever. Um, yeah. So obviously, I'm prioritizing Hooper. Um, I completely agree with. <laughs> I completely agree with everything you guys said about the other two options here, but. Um, Overall, like it, we we realize that this is just like just the best possible the best possible matchup. Arizona allows the fourth highest target rate to tight ends um, and allows ten yards per attempt. And Hooper only has two fewer targets than Julio this year, um, which I think it, when I saw that I, I thought there would be a bigger discrepancy. So. Um, they're going to they're going to end up throwing a ton like usual. And I just think that I think Hooper has 
a really high ceiling as well, even with the ownership. I don't think this is like a, you know, this isn't Tyler Eifert playing the Cardinals last week. I was just going to say, as a Hooper uh, stan, you should be thanking your lucky scar, uh, stars that Eifert didn't get in the end zone last week because Hooper would be like 45% owned uh, if Eifert scored it. Flowchart, baby. Flowchart. Yeah. A lot of uh, I just be clicking through the head-to-heads like Hooper, Hooper. (laughs) Yeah, a lot of sharp people that I follow um, were pointing out that like most of their struggles versus tight ends have come against guys who are flexed out in the slot, and that that would bode well for uh, Tate last week because he plays like roughly forty percent of his snaps in the slot. So. Little, you know, the the flowchart defense did continue last week. They just gave it up to a big-bodied wide receiver as opposed to a tight end. Right, and and Eifert wasn't even the highest scoring tight end. Azuma had more points than him. So shout out Hassan. Uh, he's a big Azuma guy. Oh, he loves him. Loves it. I just um, in in yeah, general, like as a principle, I don't pay for guys when they're priced up, and I do pay for guys when they're priced down. And this feels entirely to me like buying Hooper at his absolute highest, like he's 5k. What was he to start the season? 3k. That's like a 66% increase on his salary. That sounds like take lock fella. We have new information. My information is, is I think still okay. I'll, I'll, I'll gladly. (laughs) He was 4,500 last week. You're acting like he was 3k last week. I bet you Kittle versus Hooper fantasy points any day. That isn't at all the conversation. Yes, it is. They're like the same price. All right, fine. Yeah, go ahead. All right, that's fine. So put put him in your cash lineup, and I'll put I'll put Hooper in my lineup. That's <laughs> done. All right, easy. All Can right, I how ask about Matt, Kelsey? Yeah, Matt, are, is the beer you're drinking? Is this the one that the uh, the children and the the parents from your school saw you purchase? No, that was actually that was uh, some some wine the other day. Okay. Uh, yeah, so that that wine is long gone. Obviously, <laughs> that's what I like to hear. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, how about Kelsey? Are we are we willing to pay all the way up to seven k for a tight end this week, Pete? I mean, I think obviously in in tournaments you can you can easily make the case for it. And if you're stacking this game, uh, especially with you know Kittle, Hooper, uh, and maybe Mark Andrews drawing a lot of that ownership, Kittle, you know, just by default, or sorry, Kelsey by default becomes a great tournament play. And it'll just be interesting. We got to see how this stuff shakes out with the Watkins injury, with Tyree Kill coming back or not. There's a little shuffling there, but it does feel like Kelsey could fly under the radar a little bit, and he's just always going to be the highest upside tight end on the slate. Yeah. Lamarca? Yeah, I'm always in play. Like, Kelsey's always in play for me. We haven't seen the big smash week for him, but, like, there's a chance that they're going to be without... Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins this week. If that's the case, I may have to change my mind and go all the way up to, to Kelsey and Cash because you we, see him hedging already, Pete. You see this? Oh my God! Like I said, Kittle versus Hooper side bet. Side slide in my DMs. Yeah, you also said you were going to play Dalton and Cash last week, so I trust you about as far as I can throw you right now. <laughs> we all know that's not very far. <laughs> um, it it would be just such a smash spot if if yeah. both of their wide receivers are out. So oh yeah, then it's over. Then it's it's that's Pringle all I'm saying. And, Still love George Kittle. Um, any anybody below, I guess, like I don't know what sort of the cutoff. I guess is Mark Andrews. Like anybody below that, 
Uh, we mentioned Everett earlier. A- anyone else uh, that's super cheap that's drawing your attention, Lamarca, or are you staying up in this range? Pretty much Everett for me. I do like him. Like the target share, the the snap share, it's all been there for him recently. Um, you might be able to talk me into Jared Cook, but probably not. <laughs> I do think that this is a week where I want to pay up at tight end if possible. Yeah. How about you, Pete? Yeah, Gerald Everett is probably as low as I'm going. I've heard some people talking about Jeff Swaim a little bit with James O'Shaughnessy on IR, but James Oliver, the rookie, he was out for a while, but he's now getting back to full health, and I think he was limited in practice. So if Oliver comes back, that's probably a gross situation. If he's not there and Jeff Swaim is all that's there, he was in like a 50-50 split with O'Shaughnessy, so he's probably interesting at his price if he's the only tight end in town there in Jacksonville. Yeah. Also, shout out Noah Fant. Thanks for the one catch for six yards last week. Like, never again. Week five NFL was clearly not Noah Fant week. Yeah, that hurt. that one hurt a little bit. I'm not gonna lie. Um, all right, so defenses. Let's just let's just go as quickly as humanly possible through the defenses. Um, Baltimore and Jacksonville seem like they're the uh, going to be the highest owned. Um, are you? Which way are you leaning in cash, Lamarca? I might be going dumpster diving. I might go down to one of these sub two K defenses. Uh, like I, I think the Jets. I already mentioned. I think that their bet, their defense is better than their numbers indicate right now, and they're literally fifteen hundred. Like yep. even if they score two points, you you'll take that. So. Yeah, I mean Washington. <laughs> Washington scored four points last week against the Patriots at eighteen hundred, and same for Arizona at nineteen hundred. Like the game script sets up well from that for them from an upside perspective. Like more throws for Matt Ryan usually means a pick or two and at least and a couple sacks so i think wait, those are my my preferred defenses this week wait who else under 2000 are you considering i don't mind the uh the jets play yeah the jets and then the the cardinals okay yeah that one's the cardinals are a little tougher sell but the the jets i at that price i don't i don't mind that i mean the cowboys like i was playing i played the packers defense last week against the cowboys um in some gpps and that worked out decently i mean this cowboys offensive line it's it's in a little bit of trouble yeah not only that i mean if the if the jets offense picks up a little bit then that's uh, just automatically a better thing for the defense just just keeping them off the field for a little bit longer is is always a, a little bit helpful so um yeah, I I think I think Arizona might get a little popular. I don't I don't really do you know I do ownership for golf. I don't do ownership for football, but I would imagine that they're going to be one of the higher owned defenses under like twenty five hundred. Uh, do you have anything pulled up for that, Lamarca? Do you do you have labs uh, projecting nine, there? Nine to twelve percent right now. We have. Oh wow. Which you're right. It is one of the higher. I mean, uh, Jacksonville is projected for more. And Baltimore, all the way at the top, is projected for more. But that's it. I like I like the Jags this week at, at twenty two hundred. Um, I mean, I, I do think you can go down to the Jets, but we were talking about that game being more of a slower paced slog, and I think people are going to have kind of the Saints as a better offense than they might actually be in their head, just because of that last game. And I think going on the road here to Jacksonville is a little tougher matchup. And I believe Ramsey should be back this week, right? You guys up uh, on your injury news, crickets? Uh, <laughs> I muted myself. 
Um, that that's that should be your default, Lamarca. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, that's fair. Uh, I'll take it. Sorry, I've I had think, a lot of wine tonight. Those are the kind of jokes you get flying around. <laughs> I think I think his status is still up in the air. Uh, Josina Anderson today says that Jalen Ramsey is he's still going to, to listen to his body, whatever that he's, means. He's listening to his body. God, what a what a life! All right. Um. <laughs> Wait, that's the height of luxury for you, Matt, is being able to listen to your body. <laughs> just just being able to be like, no, nah, I'm not going. Like, can I call my principal tomorrow and be like, you know what? <laughs> I'm going to listen to my body tomorrow. I'm going to stay home. <laughs> if I listen to my body, the world would be a drastically worse place. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. All right. That, well, I hope Broto World should do a blurb that's just Jalen Ramsey, parentheses, listening to his body, questionable, <laughs> week six. That's the official report. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much, Pete, for uh, for coming on and bringing on our uh, our fullback expert as well. Uh, make sure you check out all of Pete's stuff, uh, whether it's 444 or Roto Grinders, the Swolecast, you know, all the, you know where to find him. Um, he's at Peter Overset on Twitter. Matt Lamarca is at Matt Lamarca. I am at Matt Jones TFR. Make sure you jump into the Listener League and good luck this week. See you. Thank you for listening to On The Daily, the Rotoviz Daily fantasy sports podcast powered by Rotoviz Radio. And special thanks to Randy E. Aguabo for the introduction. Please review the podcast on iTunes under the established Rotoviz Radio feed. Contact us via email on the daily DFS at gmail.com and follow us on Twitter at on the daily DFS. Sugar Ray Leonard, Roberto Duran, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, and Thomas Hearns. Legends, whose four-way rivalry defined one of the greatest eras in boxing history. Relive their decade of dominance in the new Showtime sports documentary, The Kings, a four-part series premiering Sunday, June 6th, only on Showtime.